0: Welcome back. We've got Christian. He's the regional sales manager here at Dead Air Silencer. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Now, what you don't know behind the scenes, and I'm going to totally talk about it, is that we've already... Don't do it.
1: Don't do it. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) You've had technology problems. Now, I'm going to make it sound like we've never had this conversation at all. (laughs) Gosh. Thanks for round two.
1: Yes. This is 40 minutes, 45 minutes. We've been trying to get set up just on this take.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. so we have invested way too much time into this podcast. If this doesn't come to light, and we're the only people to hear it, then um, too bad.
1: Yes, we will have some great stories to tell.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, okay, uh, I know we've, we've talked about something. Again, I'm going to try to pretend like we never talked about any of this. For people listening to for the first time, I would love to walk through how you kind of ended up in the firearms world. Uh, was it intentional? Was it by mistake? But how did you get here?
1: You know what? I think it was a mistake. Um, so you know, I was I was a in law enforcement since I was like eighteen and a half. I was really young, like one of the youngest people to ever go through and got in with the state police in Louisiana. I was in Louisiana and um I was a trooper forever and then I went overseas and did some contract work with some companies. Um, and when I get home, I'm like, What am I gonna do? Like I've got I've gotta have a job, right? I had all this money saved up and I was having fun and I need a career so I actually uh tried to go with DEA and some other places and um I started in real estate and I started selling hunting ranches and I loved it like that's my jam hunting uh, you know you know that but as going on hunting is my jam so that's that's what I love to do and I was doing real estate selling hunting properties helping people out it was amazing so long story short um a friend of mine I worked with, he said, Hey man, I need some help at one of my hunting ranches. I managed two hunting ranches and I'd love for you to come out and help me. I was like, heck yes. So I um, went to this these two game ranches, big, beautiful places, gorgeous whitetail, um, helped him do AI and some other work. And I started guiding for him in a few years, you know, um, some people with, um, a rep group and Vista outdoors came in and, Lo and behold, uh, I was guiding them. They were testing some new stuff for Fusion, um, Federal Fusion, Bushnell, Savage. And we just started talking. They're like, hey, we need a Texas guy. I was like, I know someone. So that's how it happened. I was hired in the deer stand. It's, it's been a great ride. And uh, I'm now at Dead Air Silencers. Um, I'm the regional manager here. I love it. Um, I don't think I could ever leave. I love this job. It is amazing. We've got a really good core group of people, and it's, it's awesome. So, I mean, that was a short story, but that was a roundabout way to get there.
0: Very short. Uh, I think I did highlight something, though, that I bring up a lot to a lot of people is that would you agree that I would say like 90% of the positions that I guess outside of like customer service or whatever, but a lot of the positions that are open in the firm's world don't come from online. They're not listed online. They're made at the Circle Bar at Shot Show. They're made at NRA. They're made at a deer stand. Like, I think that a lot of people don't realize how much just being connected really pays off in this industry. I don't know if you found that to be true. But I feel like a lot of people just, or they work themselves into the position or just happen to end up there. Does that make sense?
1: It makes sense. And it's kind of funny you say that because it is true. Because I'm hiring, you know, I hired someone lately to help me out. And when I'm hiring, I actually want someone that knows the industry because this industry is not like any other industry. You know, just like you just said things and decisions are made on the side table or something like that, you know, um, in the car, going to the airport, like things are done because it's respect and it's, you're really trusting that other person. So that, that personal relationship means a lot. Right. Um, And it's funny, the guys at first, when they, they interviewed me to, to come on to the rep group, you're like, well, you don't have any sales experience in the industry and all this. And I'm selling 30 million in sales for, you know, farms and ranches and stuff. I'm, like, I, I'm in sales, I promise you. Um, it's funny, just because I brought that, I'm like, well, I've kind of sold a little bit. But it, they had that that reservation of not hiring me because uh, I was not in the industry. Um, but that is true. It really is. Um, it's hard to hire. And going back to what you're saying, um, I see it a lot. And actually, that's kind of what I do, too. But I don't want to not give a person... a. a, a opportunity to come in and and have a a great job you know but relationships are key
0: yeah yeah that's for sure just something that i've found to be true the last few years just kind of working in it is i guess really about who you know and just being connected with people you never know i will say like this this industry moves around a lot too i see a lot of people changing brands throughout the year that i can't keep track of where they're at sure yeah back to another company so that can be interesting as well
1: It is. People don't, you know, and you kind of watch it on. I mean, honestly, it's the social media thing is a newer thing to me and that's the way we're going. But you see it on social media and it's like you see someone leaving or going. But what people don't realize is, you know, with the firearms industry, things change a lot. And sometimes it is not up to you if that changes and you just, you know, you have to go along with it.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so dead air, let's talk all things dead air. Okay. First of all, you guys have the coolest culture, I think. Um you can icon in my copice. Like I just it is it is what it is. Um, the marketing, hands down the best. The patches, the muffler shop shirts, I mean <laughs> yeah. the live stream, right? So there's so much that how how do you guys pull all of that together and come up with some of these ideas? I know that's not like your wheelhouse, but I really wanna know how someone pitches, hey guys, let's dress up as a brake shop and put mufflers and you know, matching
1: shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that that you're talking about nRA this past year and that was an awesome booth i mean we had it set up like a muffler shop all the way down i went down to the uh, ace hardware and got us some our uh, the o'Reillys and got us some red rags to put in our pockets you know it was it was epic but our culture is we want to have fun we're going to be professional we're going to be respectful but we want to have fun because that's what we want people to do you know this is a there's hard times out there and things can kind of get jumbled up we want to have fun, and that's a big thing for our culture is, hey, let's not just throw it to the wall and see if it sticks, but let's kind of think, and you go back to that, let's think outside the box. Well, let's think of something different. What is it? Let's do something different and cool and funny and fun and just, let's just do it. Have fun. Um, we'll do the business part of it, but let's just have fun. So uh, our marketing guys, Tony and Keith, and you know those guys are just amazing. They've, they've got awesome brains. I couldn't think of that stuff. Just implement it. Let me do it. Let me run with it. But you implement it. You you come up with that. But what else is cool? We've got a rolling list. If you think of something, they want to hear about it. That's what's so amazing about the company. If you've got a cool idea, let's spitball it. Let's try to see if it'll work. And if it will, let's go with it. You know, it's like the the belt buckle. I wear my dead air belt buckle every day. And they're like, Well, that worked. Well now we've got belt buckles, so that's gonna be pretty cool. Um but just things, you know, just different things, just have fun with it.
0: Yeah. How come? Okay, we did a Mike Pappas capture to Santa Claus. How come we haven't done Tony as the Leprechaun?
1: Ooh. What? All right. So we. So we need to do. We need to do maybe a bad Santa or something. Oh. We we need to. Do, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? We need to do. We need to do something with Tony. That's for sure. He'd be a great Leprechaun.
0: Yeah. So all of these things, I think, are, are stuff that we're bringing up, like social media has changed. How um, have you seen kind of like the industry change? And how have you seen brands having to do different things that are not paid advertising, you know, that are outside of the, the boundaries? Like, what have you seen like dead air kind of do differently than a lot of other companies?
1: We still have to do that kind of stuff, too. But we've stepped away from a lot of that, you know, paid stuff. Um, you will see more of our people out on the road doing events, you know, trying to get face-to-face with even the customer because the end-user is what matters. But our store people, um, we have to keep them trained up. But we have to do events to let people know because it can get stagnant in the industry, right? And we know NFA stuff takes a while to do. So it's hard to put that money out there and buy something and have to wait for it. We understand that because I I was a buyer. I was an owner of Dead Air before I was at Dead Air. Um, I was at another company. but So I believe in the brand. Um, but it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. We need to be out there and let people know, hey, we're we're customers too, and this is what you can do. Um, but I think the main thing is getting out there and being with the people and showing them what we are and what we do, it, to be honest. Um, and then we also, again, we just try to think outside the box, and I hate saying that sometimes because it's old and cliche, but just have fun with it, and we just try to be a little different.
0: Yeah. The, the shows that you guys go to, okay, can you spitball as fast as possible? Uh, all the shows that you've been through, for 2023
1: alone with dead air go shot show nra uh trigger con um quiet in the capital um i think we're gonna do oh uh was there what was the red october thing um see because well hang on, hang on a second i've been to probably 15 events since the beginning of the year myself but yeah. we have, we have different regions. So those guys are going to all the stuff in Utah and I'm down in the South. So anything Kansas and South, you know, I cover and control that area. And then we've got the Florida area and East and West. And I've been to 15 events, but overall, I think we've been to like 30 something events this year, Yeah,
0: it's a big lot.
1: events, but, yeah. and there's also store events, right? We've got all those store events that we go to personal little stores in your area. Um, that's why we do the lives. i let you know we're going to be at, but, yeah there's there's been a lot holy cow
0: <laughs> you don't want to think about how many weekends you just uh gave away but no know. it's
1: like it's like we were talking it's like i never sleep you never sleep it's how you have to get it done you know it's it's and then with all the other hunting stuff that i do it's i'm never home but it's it's getting the people what they want
0: yeah okay we'll dive into the whole second half of your life with buck ventures and <laughs> yeah. all stuff with suppressors okay because yes um I think the biggest seller for suppressors is getting them uh, demoed. And that's been like a passion for me. I mean, I work with Tennessee silencer. They're my SOT. They're awesome. They literally have the dead air mask and a lot of your, your other Kansas demos. And lo and behold, Kenzie ends up with a dead air mask because she shot one <laughs> damn gun. I'm like, damn it. Sign me up. Um,
1: you can't shoot it, that and i walk away with it.
0: No, that's, and that's how it should be. Um, And then diving into the cans that you guys make, I know you have a ton of calibers and sizes and links, which we're going to dive heavily into. But uh, you would say the Mask 22 is probably your best-seller can, yeah?
1: Yeah, Mask is actually our number one, and it has been for a long time. Um, It's hard to beat that can. And look, no fanboy here. I love our company. I will die for this company. I bleed dead air. But just being honest, that is like one of the best cans out there it's hard to be so i'll just say that um it just and i'm the type it, i think i said this last time i had somebody come up to uh dragon man <clears throat> in colorado springs and there's a bunch of people around and he was asking about a certain can and um he's like oh you heard some things on the internet and all this and it's like that's why i don't get on a lot of the websites because I, I will speak my mind but instead of saying that i said hey man i'm not he said what do you have to say about that i'm sorry says nothing go shoot it and he looks at me really weird and he got mad i was like no really i want you personally because you've never shot a silencer i want you to go over there and shoot it and when he he got finished he was like wow you didn't have to say a word he's like thank yeah. you that's all i need to say <laughs> so you know yep. but why, anyway
0: why do you think it takes demoing for people to understand like what is the difference between shooting unsuppressed and suppressed
1: um tv hollywood Um, that has, everyone comes to the range and think that it's going to be a pin drop. It's going to be hollowed. And we tell people the truth, like, no, this is what it's going to sound like. Um, there's people that do decibel ratings, which we do too, but we want the tone. What is that tone to the shooter's ear? Um, when someone can actually hear that, that silencer on the gun and a a certain round that they have picked out in their head that they want to shoot forever and they hear it and they go, wow, that, that, that is truly different, especially when you have, a smaller child, you know, a new shooter, a female, um, whoever it may be, when they first hear that shot, it's like, wow, okay. And there's a lot of benefits to a silencer too. And we'll get into that too, I'm sure. But um, you have to demo the can. You can't just have a friend or a buddy say, oh, I love this can. It sounds different to everyone's ear. Everyone has a different tone with a silencer.
0: Yeah. The, um, everything that changes too is like people don't understand too like okay if you have a 30 cal can you put it on say like a 5.56 five, when it was meant for 7.62 i'm just spitballing an example yes yeah it's gonna be pretty different too because it's not for that caliber it's not specific for that caliber so it's still gonna be louder than you think it is um and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you have a multi-calibre kind of can there but understanding the cans and what they're made for what they're dedicated to what guns they're supposed to be on uh plays a big role as well
1: Huge. Yeah, I mean, you have a, a .46 or a five cal can and you're trying to put a twenty two bullet through it. You know, whenever you neck that down, that bore size, like the mask, it's made for twenty two. it's going to have a nicer sound. You've got a bigger bore opening um, and trying to put that little caliber through there. You're going to have a little bit different sound, right? It's just exactly what you're saying. People just need to understand that those cans are meant to do different things. Some can do more than one, um, but that jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right? Um, we want to make sure you get the right can. That's what we do. That's kind of what we really strive to do. Great. All of our sales guys, our whole team, we want to know what calibers guns, like what do you want to achieve? Cause we want to set you with the right one. We just don't want to say, Oh, this is perfect for you. We want to set you with the right one. So we take pride in that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about setting you with the right one, the long form of very, very step one basics before you ever even go buy a suppressor. What do you need to decide on first?
1: Um, I always start here at the gun. So you want to start with the gun and the caliber, calibers with a Z, because not most people are gonna just going to have one gun to shoot it on, right? Most buyers, what we're seeing now, first-time buyers are going for multiple calibers. So you want to see if there's a silencer that can fit that or one or two to fit that but find out what calibers you want to shoot. And then you have to go down here to the mounting part. How are you going to mount it? Do you want to direct thread it? Quick attach, three lug, right? There's different mounting options. And then third on your silencer, you pick the silencer that you want. Um, Do a lot of research on that. But the number one thing I would say to people is go demo it first, Um, but start at your calibers because you want the correct caliber specific cans that you can. Because dedicating one caliber to a certain, uh, I mean, one can to a caliber is key. It will sound better than a multi-cal, if you will. Um, yeah. Those dedicated cans sound a little nicer.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So choosing the can for the gun. So whether it's hunting, yep. maybe competition, maybe just learning, maybe it's just fun or, you know, murdering squirrels in your backyard. Um, <laughs> <here I can. laughs> a
1: season for that. It's fine.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, I've heard a lot about chemo, 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 chemo. I feel like that's kind of taken over the world. So can you talk about the different attachments? I know you just listed them off, but what do people need to understand about these and how to put them on threads, all that good stuff that they have questions about?
1: Perfect. Let's start with the the number one, which is going to be just your direct thread. Most people think of that. You go buy the silencer, most silencers are going to be direct thread. That means it's going to directly thread on a, a bolt gun it, higher than like a 22 or a 223 is going to be 5824 24 thread. Usually, that's industry standard. Could be different if you're with another manufacturer. It's just going to directly thread on to your gun. What most people don't do though is when they thread that thing on, they just hand tighten it. You want to use the wrench with that silencer and go ahead and ump it down. Um, make sure it's tight. Um, so ump it, yeah, it's it's all about to ump, just get a little bit. It doesn't, it's yeah, it's good, good and tight, good and tight. So Make sure it's it's tight that it's not going to come off the gun because if you just hand tighten it, it'll it'll back off, and it doesn't matter what silencer it is, what mount it is. If it's just a direct thread mount, it will walk off. So make sure you use the wrench and tighten it down. um That that's your number one is just the direct thread. uh That's the easiest. But a lot of people, like you said, know about this is the new Hobby. By the way, let's get that guy there. Yeah, we're, yeah, that's a good guy. So. This is our chemo mount. So this is more of a, if you will, fast attach. Um, so what you would do, it's just going to come off like that. So you start, you have to have a way to mount it. So you have to have a muzzle device on your gun. Direct thread would just be directly threading on the threads at the end of the gun, right? This has to have a muzzle device. That muzzle device is going to key lock onto the, I mean, the the can is gonna key lock onto the muzzle device. There's a shoulder here, so when it tightens down, it tightens down and stays concentric. Um, And there's no pins, there's no um, tabs, there's no locks on there. It just ratchets down and locks on. And all of the work's up here, and there's only three moving parts. Um, A lot of competitors out there have way more, 10 or 12 moving parts, so a lot less to go wrong here. And this has been a very sought after um, type of system. So, The chemo system, you're just going to, like I said, you're just going to drop it on. It's going to find a place. It can only go on one way, (laughs) just like that. You can't mess up. Seriously, I can turn my head like this, and it finds its hole, right? So it's going to go down, and you do the work up here. It ratchets on, and it's on there tight. We have a lot of LE military contracts um, with a can, like with this setup, Um, and it's well-liked because of that. They can go from one of their guns to another gun or something, but... Chemo has been a really big seller for us. Um, and we want to play well with everybody. We want, if you've got a different can, that's awesome. We like good good silencers. Keep that silencer and keep using it. Try our muzzle devices. Try our accessories because this will change your life.
0: That's true. Now, what are the best, I actually don't know the what are the best type of gloves to use around suppressors?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, we use a lot of mitts. I do use some gloves. Um, I forget which glove I'm using right now, but I've actually got a set. Say it again.
0: Oh, are you talking about oven mitts?
1: Close. Yeah, close. Yeah, mitts. Um, we have, Dead Air has some wraps now, but there's some, some gloves out there. I see a lot of people using welding gloves. Uh, they're just hard to kind of do things with it. Um, but honestly, I'd put a can on and I'd dedicate it. And that's it. It's going to stay on. I don't need to take it off. But if someone does, let it cool down and just get a just a, a tactical glove is fine.
0: Yeah. You know. What were you um, it'll be fine. A specific model glove that you wear?
1: I don't even know. I think I'm using the mechanics gloves actually. I've got a <laughs> thick pair of mechanics gloves.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um
1: that the last mount that we uh we have cuz three lug is pretty Across Straight across the board. I mean a three lugs a three lug. It's got three lugs It goes down over like a scorpion or an mp5 or something and it's got a spring. It's spring loaded pops up And it locks into place, but this is our xeno mount. I'm gonna get this guy down here like this. There we go um, This is actually a left-handed threaded mount so kind of like the chemo it works off of a shoulder But this is exterior thread so you've got a break um, There's no timing Um, because it's an omni brake, but there's still a shorter here with external threads. And what you're doing, you're just going to take your hub out of the back, and you're going to put the adapter here, and it's a left-handed thread. What's cool about the left-handed thread, it's that fast. You hand-tighten it, and that's it, because you're rifling in the barrel's right-handed. It will tighten this up as you go. You don't have to worry about it really coming off of there. But when you take this off, the cool thing, you take it off its right-hand. You're tightening your muzzle device so your muzzle device is not stuck in your can. Oh, that's so cool. that is that is a cool thing about the Zeno. Um, and the Zeno is one of those that we uh, we came out with about a year or so ago, maybe a little longer. Um, but that's a cool mount. Every one of my hunting rifles um, has a Zeno on it because I can go from my 300 Win Mag to my 65 PRC or something like that.
0: Well, I thought you had dedicated cans, Christian.
1: Well, if you've got dedicated cans for all your guns, it's like my hunting. I want to go back with one can. I've got one can titanium can and i've got some stainless cans but if i'm hunting i want to use my titanium can because it's lightweight so
0: okay let's get into the weeds that might not be as important but a compliment that i had from my sot that i was really happy about is when i got my mask they're like hey you're probably the only customer that we have that needs to really know this uh because you shoot a lot is that you're gonna want to clean the 22 can? the other suppressors obviously are well i'll let you talk about that you're the expert but most cans, you don't have to, especially rifle cans, but the twenty-two, maybe. But again, it depends on how much you shoot. So, Christian, how often yes. are you thinking about cleaning? Our
1: so, let's hit that center stage first. Let's hit rifle cans. Rifle cans, you really don't have to shoot unless you shoot like these. Uh, I've never cleaned these rifle cans, and I guarantee they've got 20, 25,000 rounds through. But if you see them getting heavy, then clean it. Or if you get a huge deviation in, in point of impact shift, clean it. Um, the twenty-two can... Yes, clean it after about two or 3,000 rounds, I would say. Just check it because what happens is that 22 is really dirty, right? 22 is known to be dirty. So all I do, I don't even take it apart. I dunk it in like I use uh, super hot water and I'm a frog lube guy. Um, but use whatever you want. So use your best stuff that you like. Um, but I'll dunk it for about thirty, about thirty minutes or so, um, and I'll agitate it, and I'll take it out, and I'll redo the solution. I'll do it again, and then just make sure it's dry. Especially, you got to dry it out really well because this could be a pipe bomb, right? If it's if it has a, any type of petroleum-based product in it, like CLP or anything like that, make sure you rinse it out and dry it very well.
0: What the hell? Make sure make
1: sure you know what i'm saying because there's petroleum in there you only go boom
0: okay what about sonic cleaner
1: okay good question sonic cleaner you can clean them in a sonic cleaner but what's the metal made out of like uh your mask let's say your mask you got to make sure to take that sleeve off because that sleeve is made out of titanium you don't want to put titanium in a hydrosonic cleaner. The baffles, yes, you definitely can, and that's what's the dirtiest. But just make sure whatever can you're using out there to to know your metal, not to put in a hydrosonic cleaner if it's titanium. But all, by all means, a lot of my parts are clean in a hydrosonic.
0: Okay. Okay. So we covered rifle cans, covered 22 cans,
1: pistol, pistol cans, um, pistols very dirty too. Nine mil, 45 can get pretty darn dirty. Um, I think I've gone five or 6,000 rounds before I see anything really get gunky, and it just depends on the ammo, too. What ammo are you shooting? Um, I think the last one I cleaned was around the five or 6,000 mark, and again, I just take it apart, take the baffles out, put it in a hydrostonic cleaner, um, rinse it off, put it back together, make sure it's dry, get compressed air, dry it out, good to go. Okay, okay. Yeah, but you don't have to clean every can. That's a misconception. You don't have to clean every can. Yeah,
0: that's what I wanted to ask you about. You're an expert. Um, ah. I want to know, and I found <laughs> okay. out, let me tell you a story real quick. So I went to Athlon Outdoors Rendezvous and this event for writers. I didn't tell, I don't think I told you this, but I didn't put it out anywhere. Um, but it's funny. Uh, so Zach from Rugged Suppressors decided to check a loaded gun and all, all, all of his suppressors, um, which I didn't know. So I do want to talk about traveling with them. That was fun. And then the very next day, Caleb from Taurus, or maybe not the next day, a couple days later, he checks a loaded revolver. Neither of them get fined. So they just had the best airport security in the world, I guess. Of course. Let's talk about two things, because I think everyone, including people (laughs) in the industry, need to remember this. Let's talk about traveling with firearms, okay? And let's try traveling with with firearms with suppressors, because are they different? What kind of paperwork do you need? Dive in.
1: Okay. Good question. So I will travel with a firearm and silencers together. Usually I always have my silencers in a bag or a box of some sort inside that rifle or pistol case. Right. For the silencer, um, you're going to have to treat it as a firearm. You do have to check it no matter if it's alone or with a gun, you still have to check it. Um, I just like to put it in a different bag kind of way, you know, not on the gun. i take it off and it doesn't matter though. It's just like a firearm. They're still going to swab it. They're still going to run it. So make sure if you've got your paperwork, excuse me, I'm so sorry. If you've got your paperwork, uh, your forms, your um, tax stamp and all that, have a copy of that either on your phone. Um, but I'm, i I laminate mine and put them in a folder and I put it in the back of the, my, my box, my uh, case behind the phone and I know it's always going to be there I'll tape it to there um, just so if there's any hiccups but I've never been asked personally this is me I've never been asked for any of my paperwork they just want to make sure that you know when they swab it it hasn't been used or uh, in a crime whatever like that they put it through a system whatever they do um, and then some haven't even checked it to be honest they just said oh okay it's whatever if I go with just silencers a lot of times I don't even get checked
0: wow okay yeah
1: but you have to treat it as a firearm. You have to. So it has to be checked at the airport.
0: Declare it checked, hard case, locks, all that good stuff.
1: Hard case and locked. yep, treat it as a firearm. So any any case, if there's usually, this is how they are, if there's four holes on that case, you better have four locks. Because if they can just get their hand in there, they a lot of times they'll do it as a no-go. Um, and it depends on the airport. So just don't take the chance. Just go ahead and get the locks for it.
0: I also tell people, like, if there are any locks that go miss the get damaged or get cut, have extra locks, like, with you in your suitcase or with you in your carry-on, whatever. So, that way, if, like, something like that happens, you don't have to go run to a store or leave the airport. Just throw another one on there. Um, That's right. For people that don't fly with firearms, too, I think you want to cover that. I do it all the time. It's a freaking nightmare. But talking about, hey, number one rule, guys, unload your fucking firearms.
1: <laughs> unload the gun. So, whenever I'm traveling, um, I always take my bolt out and the mag. And it's separate and I usually try to have a cutout for it, but it's always unloaded because you can't have ammunition with it either. It has to be in an original packaging or better, um, but i always take those and spread them out. I'll never have ammunition with the silencer or the gun. That's in a different package. That's in a different box um, or in my luggage, right? Um, but yeah, make sure it's unloaded. <laughs> <I don't laughs> Inspect your stuff.
0: I don't understand how that happened. I do and I don't, right? It's like, it, that's our one responsibility. Because these airlines too, the, the thing with like the loaded and unloaded, right? It's our responsible. We sign unloaded firearms on the document and put it in there. Uh, so I right. don't even know how to handle those firearms, right? So say it gets flagged, now you're going to get called. I just wouldn't even want to be that person that like responsibly like had a loaded gun in there for someone else to miss with or fidget with or something happened, right? Like guys yeah. like that. And especially like you already mentioned, but I want to harp on it. Um, I have some people that just like leave their mags loaded. You know, I don't see it as major issue, but I do like to unload all my mags. Like I said, original, or like you said, original box, manufacturer's box if you can, keeping it separate and not, you know, in a. I mean, they could just take a few rounds off. There's so many what ifs that I just don't want to be responsible for that I wouldn't know if two rounds off, you know, a half shot 30 round mag goes missing, but I'm going to try at some point.
1: Yeah. I mean, we get in a rush. We Like you asked the question earlier, let's spitball how many events? You go from event to event, and you're having to go, you know, take different uh, calibers. Some events, we don't take certain calibers sometimes, or we may be out of that ammo at that time, or whatever. Like, you you have to inspect it, though. You've got to take your time to do that. Just take a couple minutes, because it will save you a lot of headache. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know anyone that's gotten fined yet. Any horror stories?
1: Yeah, I kind of... I didn't get fined. I did, but it got thrown out. Um, I... It's not funny. It's not funny, Kenzie. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Um, yeah, I was leaving the state police, and I was—I got hired um, my first contract job, and I was going to training, and I get to the airport in New Orleans, and I had my go bag as my backpack, right? No guns, no knives, everything was good and checked. I left a loaded mag in one of those pockets that are hidden, that's supposed to be hidden, and, yeah, thrown to the ground. They just thought I was the terrorist, right? Um, no fly for two years. No, you know, missed my flights, almost missed training. Um, but I had to go talk to the judge twice, and he finally threw it out just because I was still active as a trooper, you know. And, oh, it was a long-term thing. Like, it was it was not fun. So check your stuff. Take your ammo out, mags out, bolts out if you got rifles. Just... Get it correct. Yeah. yeah Get it correct. 08? Oh, I okay. think. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Something like that. Yep. To
0: meet you, Terrace. I did tell Zach that he was a criminal for a while. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> he is, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, that was, that was good.
1: I like um,
0: him. I he's good people. Super good people. And we all stayed. So, like, we all... This is, like, days after the event. We all, like, went around the Tetons and Yellowstone. There was, like, uh, Karen from Magpul. She tried to go through with a knife from tsa and then she oh my gosh she went back. i know we were all criminals but she tried to go back out and actually they had her suitcase there hadn't loaded up yet so she was able to throw it in her bag but i'm like geez so we got guns we got knives no more just red flag in the whole wyoming airport <laughs>
1: everything yeah <laughs> everything
0: come on i felt very safe i'm like this is the safest airport to be in <laughs>
1: you're probably right yes yes
0: <laughs> yeah um so all of this stuff that you do too, um, with, with dead air, um, traveling and, and all that, you also are national pro staff, at GBA, pro staff leader for buck ventures. So this is like still a full-time job, but then you have all these other side jobs. Tell me yes. how you got all of that.
1: Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm such a big hunter and that's what I've been doing for dead air is trying to line all this up and use it as hunting things. What can we, to give back to the hunter? How can we help? Right. So as a hunter, um, I got with a group called Buck Ventures and they, they're, it's Christian based. They're all godly men. You know, it's, it's amazing. We fellowship, but we also, we love to hunt. So I have a group of guys that I cannot, not oversee, but they're under me. Um, and then we just have about 250, 300 pro staffers that go out, film their hunts. They love to hunt. So I got involved in that about five or six years ago. Met some amazing people. We still go like uh, two weeks. I'll be in Colorado elk hunting with one of those guys, a good friend of mine now. Um, we share a lot of good times, but we go all over hunting and we try to film all this, you know, and we've got 26 episodes, I think on the outdoor channel, uh, sportsman's channel. So um, I'll have two from last year that'll be on the, my outdoor TV, um, a part of that. So I'll have my two uh, episodes, one mule deer and some whitetail and elk uh, that I got last year. But anyway, so I do all of that. I film hunt. So again, I kind of know what it takes um, for the hunting side for silencers, if you will, because that's what we're talking about in, uh, and in setups and stuff. Um, and then while I was there, I, um, I really got to love the CBA rifles, which I use CBA and Bergara. Um, the CBA rifles just been amazing to me. So I use them as demo guns. I hunt with them. I've got eight or 10 of them. Um, and I, I love them. So Tony Smotherman, him and I have become really close friends. And Rick Taylor, great friends. And they picked me up for the pro staff. So now um, everywhere I go, I'm going to have a CVA in my hand just because I trust him. And now my son's eight. He'll be nine. He killed his first year last year with his uh, CVA 350 Legend with a uh, dead air, And so that's all we shoot CVAs. Um, amazing product. And a lot of people are going to them. But anyway, so now I'm a part of all that too.
0: That's awesome. No, that's amazing. Uh, saying- and
1: that's non-paid. That is non-paid. That is straight out of, sorry, straight out of my time, my pocket. Um, it's what I love. So it's, you know, yeah. that's it.
0: But no, I get it. I mean, uh, as a, like, pro, I guess you could say pro shooter or whatever. But it's like the brands that I work with are brands that, like, I've used, I bought, I love, I trust them to work. And it's been great to have partnerships with those companies, too, because you believe in there. Sure. Team. That's um, right. And like you, yeah, hunting with those. So it's funny because the CVA, oh my gosh, thank you. So you put me in touch with Tony, who's like the most Southern gentleman.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Either. He has like 400 jobs. I don't know how he does it. Uh, very accomplished. Amazing
1: man. Oh, amazing man. The stories that man has. He has done it. He's awesome. done it.
0: I can't wait to meet him in person. Um, hopefully it's shot show. But they sent me the Cascade XT to review for Athlon Outdoors and 6.5 More. So that's going to be nice. the one that I'm going to do an article on. And I finally unpacked it because I'm finally home for a minute. And it's so cool. Right. I like the camos that they have.
1: Yes. That is a – like this was one of their, uh, their black tactical because this is their short barrel. But this was a black tactical I really liked. But that new – um, real wave, um, and the real tree stuff they have, they've got amazing pattern and they've got other patterns, but I use RealTree. Um, they have some amazing patterns.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So that's neat. Yeah. That's you do all that. How did, how did you teach yourself to like run a camera and do editing and all the things that, I mean, you didn't go to school for it.
1: No, uh, trial and error, just like we've had all of these problems for the last few days, trying to get this podcast. It's just, I'm not a technical person. I'm not. Um, So trial and error. I bought my first Canon G30 camera and I self-film. I've had some help here and there with friends um, at the end of the the kill and trying to get all the shots and the angles, but I self-film and there's way better people than me that are on our pro staff. These guys have mastered it. But the amount of time that I have is just almost the day of the hunt, right? So I just train and practice while I'm in the tree or I try to do it at home. Um, but I sell film with a main camera and some tactic cams. Um, I was using GoPros, so whatever I can get my hands on just to get all of those crazy angles. Right. So, um, I, I I've, I've probably made some very big mistakes and learned from them because there's been some wonderful kills on camera and I just didn't have the right shot. So we just couldn't use the footage. It, oh, it was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking.
0: Okay. That's actually really tough to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that's how we learn
0: yeah but nowadays i mean i tell people this is like the power on your phone and i know the phones not the best device but i mean the amazing thing that we have i've seen the tree camera things that now wrap around they're like a tree tripod thing i, I don't even know what they're called um i now have a shot cam that like attaches to your scope and mounts yes
1: i use those i use those i use them i love them
0: uh GoPro. so there's really no excuse in terms of if you wanted to do something in this world and create the content like it's there at your fingertips
1: you can do it with a tacticam um wide lens no lens just regular you know they've got new ones with zoom if you're a gopro person you can do it with the gopros as well because they do the same thing so you you can do it you can do it
0: yeah for sure what's um what's like your favorite story i guess in in terms of hunting and going out there like what's your one big game like bucket list item that you're really
1: excited that you did probably it was not even using a firearm it was last year my elk hunt uh the biggest bull i've ever seen in my life i was in the back country of colorado um we got there by horseback dropped tent nine days in a tent with you know four other guys doing the same thing bad weather i just had had knee surgery i had knee surgery two and a half months before this trip and i mean i was training hard and i remember my um, the lady who did my physical therapy was like, okay, what's your goal? Uh, I need to be on the mountain in two and a half months. What? <laughs> Holy cow. So I made it. Um, I wound up shooting a bull at 58 yards and just, we thought it was a perfect shot. It was on film. That would it was a filmed hunt. We were, we, that's what we had quit there for. Um, it was awesome. I got sick that day. I couldn't see out of my right eye. My whole right side of my face went white. I couldn't see. It was, it was crazy. I'd never had mountain sickness, but I guess that's what it was. Um, but we trailed that thing for two and a half, three days over miles and just never found that bull. Even though I didn't take that bull, I didn't bring it home, it was probably the best hunt that I've ever been in my life.
0: When, when that happens, like you, just, you don't know the result. You don't know.
1: It's tough. You don't know. Um, that bull went so far, and they're big animals, right? But after watching the footage and stuff, I just shot him a little low and back and there's nothing there. It's a void. So you'll get blood and they'll live and they're great. So I'm sure he lived through it and he was fine. Um, but I thought it was so close. The camera guy thought it was a hard shot. I thought it was a hard shot. It, everything. It was just, again, we didn't find it. And I hate that. That it's It makes me sick just to say that um, because it's a great animal, right? But it was the most humbling hunt, just being in that hard type of hunting, but being able to experience nine days of that, it was it was amazing. You
0: know what happens? Misses suck. I remember growing up, uh, duck hunting, and I i now have lived through this, not trauma, but it's so funny because I've been <laughs> up like, with my dad and my grandpa, and like, I was a little kid, I had a little 20 gauge, I still have that shotgun, I, I would shoot, and they're like, oh yeah, good job. Looking back, I'm like, bullshit, I didn't hit anything, like, this was all grandpa's shots, dad's shots, I'm like, there's none, I don't know, Could be wrong, but I don't know.
1: There was always a shot behind your shot, and it fell?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, i um, looking back, or we would all shoot at the same time, so it's like, great job, Kenzie, I'm like, bullshit, I think even as a kid I knew that, and would say that, it's kind of funny. Oh my no. gosh. The misses teach you a lot, um, yeah. And even hunters that don't admit that they—they've missed, like yeah, like that's that's the name of the game.
1: Yes, big time. That's I mean, again, that's yeah. Fair, the failures are where you learn.
0: Yeah. What's something on your list that you haven't uh, hunted yet or gotten an opportunity to do?
1: Um, I think probably the next hunt I'd really like to go do. I, I've killed, you know, bear, mule deer, elk um I have taken some out before but I think the the next big thing I want to try to go do is going to be either um caribou or a moose. Okay. The big guys. Yeah, and then of course you got to do Africa. I want to do Africa, but that's going to be a little later, but um yeah. I think a a moose or a caribou.
0: Okay, very cool. Uh, yeah. I never saw a moose in the Tetons and Yellowstone the whole week I was there so I'm pretty Oh, uh, uh,
1: I've there? seen them. Okay. Yeah. I've seen them up there before but they're oh they're so huge i was going through colorado one time with another rep of mine um a couple of years ago and riding in the truck's like stop stop look at these big huge moose. it's like holy cow it's first time i've ever laid eyes on and in, in the real life from you know standing on the roof it was crazy
0: awesome so i don't mean to switch back gears but i did want to talk about this before we yeah. get off here. Is the new mojave 9 because i saw thank you, you recording this now but i know it came out it's been a big release um can you
1: talk about it? Yes. Like we are here, like, you know, whenever we try this first, uh, we're now down in Austin and in the morning we're going to be at a shoot at Capitol Armory. We have a uh, a, a private event and uh, we released this can at SHOT Show, but we didn't get it out to market until just recently. But the Mojave 9 is our first 3D printed can and what we did, we took uh, titanium and we manufactured this can 3D printed and it's not cut, right? Um, it's manufactured. So you can do more stuff inside. And there's a different baffle system inside. We're calling them Triskelion. And it's a patented uh, baffle system. And it's more of an acoustic design. Um, and it lets, the, it lets the gases and the air and everything move through the baffle system around the edges through some porting. And it gives you less spit and less back pressure in the face as the shooter. So that's been a really big thing, but it's so lightweight and it'll do nine mil, three fifty legends, 300 blackout. And that's in short configuration. I have a, uh, another piece that will be for long configuration. Um, but it's super, super lightweight. You don't feel the can whenever it's on the gun, except for right at the gun. That's where we wanted all the weight was next to the front of the gun. So you don't get the downward dip that, you know, that you always think of a pistol can amazing on MP fives. Um, there's a, you know, a couple calibers you can shoot. Like I said, 350 Legend, 300 Blackout, and 9mm. Uh, for now, what we've tested and really approved for. But the Mojave Nine is a really cool can, and a lot of people that have got to shoot it really say the same thing. It's a really good tone. It's a, a good impulse, um, and it feels good whenever you're shooting. It. It's got a soft impulse.
0: That's awesome. The, that's yeah, we're like happy about um, is end cap designed to like. How often are you swapping end caps? Do you have to for different calibers if you're changing guns? I don't know if you want to cover that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's say you're shooting a 30 cal can uh, silencer. You've got it go on a 223. Change that end cap to a 223 end cap. Just remember to change it back if you're shooting 30 cal because you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have a nicer hole in it uh, whenever you finish shoving. you'll do it once. But
0: Christian, and blame <laughs> <playing> him. now.
1: <laughs> just call me. Make sure to change your end caps back. So I, what I do is I take a paint pen. And I put dots uh, for the calibers that I know or even just write what it is so I know what that is. I do because I will forget. That's why.
0: Keep going. Keep going. That's why.
1: That's why 30 cal cans, they're, you know, I really don't change them a lot. But if I'm shooting two two that is the one caliber I will change. I'll change that end cap to a two two three end cap just to help out on the sound.
0: I laugh because I have my mags loaded with like blue painter's tape and it'll say like three hundred or blackout or whatever for those. But even, uh, even though I can look at them, um, I, for my three gun matches, I wrote like long range. Cause it's like a dollar around 77 grain that I don't want to be shot on like burner and I'll write burner ammo, like 55 grain. It's just funny because <sighs> that shit's important. <laughs>
1: you have to label stuff sometimes. And I do like on the shoot tomorrow, I'll have blue painters tape written with certain things, um, like green blackout two two three, and separate them, you know, certain thing. You, you just want to try to minimalize the, the chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we leave too, I know you already. Yeah. Did, so pretend like you didn't tell me this. I got to hear your best Mike Pappas story. <sighs> you know, there <laughs> no, we go can't you're
1: not gonna you're not gonna let me get away with this are you no
0: that's been on my list okay
1: <laughs> so when I first met Pappas um was at one of our meetings and uh, I hadn't seen him and talked to him before but a lot of people talk to Mike but to know him he is just like an original genuine dude right he's an awesome guy so we became friends after I've been here a few years right and um he does not like talking well he loves vehicles but um He's not a Ford guy, I can tell you that. So we go to an event in Texas, and he gets in. He looks, and he's like, oh, gosh, is this Ford going to even start? That's funny, Mike. Well, the next week, he goes home after the event. The next week, my truck, the rear end goes out. So I have to get it towed to the station down in town. And here I am, like, what do I do? So I'm walking down the road, and who calls me? Mike Pappas calls me. Hey, what are you doing? I'm walking down the street, Mike. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm walking down the street. What are you doing? So I put him on FaceTime and he's like, I told you you shouldn't have drove a Ford. So not, you know, do you need help? Not whatever I can do. Just like, well, I told you so. Good luck. And just that's it. I'm walking down the road. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess that's what good friends are for.
0: And he hangs up.
1: He just hangs up. (laughs) Yeah. Just hangs up. He did. He did. He did text me that night and said, I'm thinking about you. I hope everything's good. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm fine, you know. A lot of money later and a new rear end of my Ford.
0: God, it's funny. What? As of the the rendezvous, I was told to stop filming afterwards, which I knew that was fine because he was about to go into one of his lovely stories. But I just took a video because it was like twelve people wrapped around him, and I'm like, "There's nobody in the firearms industry that really does captivate an audience like that man does." That's all I'm saying he
1: is such a good dude. I mean, he's like family now, but he's a good dude. yep yeah, good man.
0: Well, Christian, He's, he has
1: changed the industry for sure for us. So, sorry.
0: No, no, that's that's well said. Um, where can people find you guys at some of the upcoming events before Shot Show, or is this kind of towards the end of the season for you guys?
1: No, so um, we're going to be at quite uh, not quite in the capital sorry a Capital Army shoot tomorrow in Austin. If you want to come out um, to try the new Mojave, but look at Suppress Fest. Look at CanCon coming up in Savannah. I'll be re- the, be there for that one. There's a, a couple other ones, but always watch the Friday live because we're going to tell you where we're going to be. Um, info at Dead Air Silencers. Uh, go to our website and sign up for the email blast because that'll give you, if you're looking for accessories or something, it'll tell you when it comes available. Or new swag. And new soft goods. That's really what we do well too. So we got new stuff that always come available. So make sure to check that out. And then, of course, the Instagram, Facebook. We're always going to have something that you can see where we're going to be at.
0: Awesome. Perfect. And then where can people yeah. find you to follow your adventures, your CVA shooting, and all of that? What's your Instagram?
1: Um, Instagram is civilized__savage33 for Instagram. And then my name for Facebook.
0: Perfect. Um, YouTube, I
1: I always, sorry about that. I put some uh, training stuff on my YouTube channel. Dead Air has our YouTube channel um, if you need to know something about training. But also I have mine where I do personal training just on how to and what's and all that stuff. So, yeah, thanks.
0: Perfect. Yes, thanks for your time. I'm excited to hang out with you guys soon yep. i'm excited that, yep. uh just to work with tony as well and if anyone ever wants to shoot this mask i've got more cans apparently coming but <laughs> dead airs where it's at i had a ton of fun uh getting to learn more and i shot I i'll say this real quick i shot some Beretta of mike's do you know what he brought to the rendezvous because i couldn't even tell you
1: i'll ask and i'll get with you on it i will let you know it was He'll the, coolest, know.
0: the mag oh he will the magazine unloaded in a secret button i'm not even kidding it was it looked like a screw it was very cool i'm
1: gonna have to find out what that was
0: yeah none of us had shot one before and i couldn't even tell you what it was so oops but he's got some
1: super cool guns yes
0: all right christian go have fun this weekend thanks for redoing the podcast even though nobody knows that except for these people (laughs) (laughs) we
1: We did it
0: yep we did it thanks for listening to the reticle up podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Redical Up or 3 denkenzie